fact. The only difference between someone who has an idea and someone who takes that idea and succeeds is that the latter decided to do something with what they had. They found a way to make it work. Making it work includes bettering the lives of others while prospering yourself. Hello, I'm Dr. Michelle McKinney-Hammond, and welcome to Life Talk, where we discuss all things pertaining to living, loving, and overcoming. Well, welcome to another episode. We've been discussing shifts and changes and pivots that we experience in life. Life is very fluid and has been for quite some time now, and I think that people are still adjusting after COVID. I just talked to a friend uh, a few days ago who was just now going back to the office after being able to work remotely for so long since COVID. You know, it's amazing how much the world changed at that time. And depending on where you are and what you do, uh, change could be very real for you or something that doesn't really affect your life. In some ways, Uh, I think that even domestically, it affected many lives. Uh, We know that the workforce has never been the same and that it has affected uh, our shopping, our eating. It's affected everything. But also people working remotely got really comfortable working at home. Studies were done on what was most effective. Some companies have decided it's time for their workers to be physically back in the building. And some are rebelling against that. This was the time when a lot of people decided to launch out into entrepreneurial pursuits of their own that they'd always dreamed of. Because after months of being at home, They had enough time to work up the plan and put it into action. And so we saw a major shift in the work world. Um, Relationships changed. How we do relationships changed. I think people text more than talk more than ever before. Uh, So we're looking at a world that is changing rapidly. Um, Now we've got AI bursting on the scene and we're worried about if AI is going to take over jobs. What's going to happen? Is it good? Is it bad? What exactly is going on in the midst of all these changes? It can make us fearful or we can get really excited because if we embrace it in the right way, change is always for the good. Change means growth. When we see trees blossoming in in the spring, we know to expect fruit. We know to expect foliage and flowers. We know that a new season is coming based on the growth that we see in front of us. And if we're growing, then we're changing. If we're not changing, we're not growing. And if we're not growing, we are dying on the vine. So how do you feel about change? It can be scary, can be frightening, but it can also lead to a better life a better you, higher levels of living than you've ever experienced before. So I want to challenge you today to get up, get up from where you are. You know, there was this story in the Bible where this man had gotten used to laying around. Are you used to laying around? At the pool of Bethesda, he was there for 38 years. I mean, can you imagine? And yet a lot of people are in the same position for many, many, many years, even though they want something different to happen. I'm sure that man didn't feel like being paralyzed for 38 years, but somewhere in his psyche, based on the company he kept and his own emotions, he came to the conclusion that that's just how life is. And he settled in. 
He settled into that comfortable place of lying by the pool, though he hoped for the waters to be stirred. He hoped that he could get in and get that healing and walk again. And it took Jesus approaching him and asking him, do you want to be whole? That seemed like a silly question to ask, didn't it? Of course he should want to be whole. I mean, who wants to be paralyzed? But in his present company, once again, I want you to think about the company that you keep. He kept company with the halt, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. They were all in the same predicament. So there was nothing, there was no standard set for him to aspire to. They were all in places of brokenness and had come to the conclusion that, hmm, this is how life is and this is how I am. Have you ever said that? Well, that's just the way I am. And what do your friends say about where you are? You know, it's been scientifically proven that your life will look like the life of your three closest friends. Ooh, I heard some folks say right then and there, they need to get some new friends. <laughs> When you look at the life of the rich and famous, who do they hang out with? The rich and famous, right? And what do they talk about? How to become more rich and how more and more famous. This is the way life evolves based on the company we keep, the mindset that we allow to penetrate our spirit, our conversation. All of these things add up to if we're capable of embracing change and taking life to the next level. So I'm going to challenge you today. What company do you keep? Are you ready to get up? Let's talk more about that right after this music break. It's like heaven 
So if you'd like to get into the conversation deeper with me, you have got to pick up my newest book, When Shift Happens. Say yes to your next. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. And hey, don't just get one for yourself. Make sure that you bless a friend, that you let others know about it and uh, support me. This is a way of supporting my ministry and letting me know that I'm being a blessing to you. We're talking about getting up. Oh, sometimes, I don't know, when I'm laying down and I just woke up from a good sleep, it's hard for me to get up. It feels so warm and lovely and comfortable where I am. And yet I know that life awaits. You know, the life that you're looking for is looking for you. And it's really important that you get up and pursue the things that are calling you, the things that have your name on it. You know, when Jesus was talking with that paralytic, he was not very sympathetic. I thought to myself, Jesus is kind of cold. I mean, here's this man and he comes and asks him this stupid question. Do you want to be whole? Of course I want to be whole. And the guy has an excuse. Don't we have excuses for where we are in life? And Jesus didn't even address the excuse. He said, I don't have anyone to help me. How many of you feel stuck because you feel like no one is buying into your dream, that you have no one to help you out of where you are? And yet Jesus says to him, get up. You be bold enough to take the first step and others will sign on after they see you becoming active and pursuing that thing. It now becomes a reality to others because you've invested yourself in it. It's really important for you to make that move. I used to like that song, make that move right now, baby. Okay, that's aging me, I know. But (laughs) you've got to make the move. And you know what? It's interesting. Jesus said something else to the guy. He said, take up your mat. Hmm, that mat was comfortable. I'm sure that mat was calling him the minute he jumped up. He did jump up. I think he was so shocked at maybe the sound of Jesus' voice telling him to get up. He didn't even think about the impossibility anymore. He sounded so confident. He just jumped right up. And then Jesus said, take up your mat and walk. Now, I'm going to say that that mat symbolizes every excuse you ever made about lying where you are in your situation, of staying in that comfort, in that comfort zone instead of daring to try something new. Our mind plays tricks on us. It wants change, yet is fearful of what must be done to implement it. Yeah, got to do things to make it happen. It questions whether we have the capacity to do what's necessary. And it frets over how our attempts will be received. You know that fear will keep you from doing things. And you know that fear is false evidence appearing real. So most of the things that start to whisper to you about what if, what if, what if are just imaginations. They're not even real. They're the deception that keeps you from launching out into the deep of your dream. It worries about the future, replays the the past, and it bemoans the present. Where are you going to land in the midst of all of this? It's time to get up. You know, um, during the pandemic, a lot of people were upset about having to stay home. They moaned about the lack of activity and being stuck in the house uh, with people they were discovering they didn't really like. They longed for freedom to move about and socialize and go shopping, do business and enjoy the normal aspects of life. But on the flip side of that, others were becoming highly creative, inventing new ways of communicating and and doing business that caused them to thrive during a time of immobility. 
that can be you. And I believe that life comes to a screeching halt when it's demanding something different from us. But do we lay in that spot and bemoan the the lack of activity, the lack of opportunity? Or do we become inventive and decide to do something with the time that's been afforded us? I love the story about the two little boys that were in an experiment. They put them in rooms that were filled with dung. And they came back to check on what their demeanor was after a while. Well, one little boy was just sitting on the pile of dung crying. What am I supposed to do with all of this? And it's smelly and it's horrible in here. Oh, just bemoaning his fate in life. They moved to the next room and the little boy was actually flinging the dung into the air all over the place. He was covered in it and it was just a mess and he was just flinging it up. They said, what are you doing? He said, with this amount of mess in here, there's got to be a pony somewhere. I always encourage people to look for the pony. In the midst of mess, there's a diamond in the rough. In the midst of mess, there's a pony. You just got to find it. Don't become immobilized. Don't lay on your mat making up excuses for why you're not venturing to stand. Take the leap. You know, people get stuck. And several things contribute to this, including where we are, our self-perception, and the other voices that we allow to affect our thought process. We get stuck on one formula for doing things and getting them done, and when it doesn't work, we fail to see past it. This is why when companies are ready for change, they hire change management specialists. Why? They have to have someone that comes from the outside who's not married to the way things used to be done. And usually what happens is they get rid of all the people that were there. All the ones that said, but this is the way we used to do it, are the first to go. Why? Because it hampers progress. There's a new way. There's a new way of life calling you. There's a new way of doing things, beckoning if you're willing to embrace change. Change can be your friend. It's not the enemy. It's not running over you. It's not robbing you. It's not putting you on the sidelines. It's inviting you up to another level of living, up to more adventures, more things to discover, and more opportunities. You know, I used to have this recurring dream, and still do from time to time, that I lived in this house I opened the door and I discovered all these rooms I never knew I had. And I was so excited. I said, oh, wow. If I had known I had all these rooms, I could have been doing this and I could have been doing that. And I started making plans on how to utilize those rooms. And I believe that the rooms just actually are symbolic of all the things that God has placed inside of me that I haven't discovered about myself yet. And I want you to personalize that. There's so much more to you than meets the eye. There's so much more to you than your present imagination of what you have to offer to the world, to yourself, to your loved ones, to those around you. But it demands growth and it demands change. And it demands that you get rid of the excuses that have been propping you up and keeping you in the same place. Fact. The only difference between someone who has an idea and someone who takes that idea and succeeds is that the latter decided to do something with what they had. They found a way to make it work. Making it work includes bettering the lives of others while prospering yourself. Not just monetarily, but emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. There are different ways that we get stuck. 
physically, geographically, relationally, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. And actually, one can lead to the other if we're not careful. I found that out when I got hit by that car. It changed my world physically. It demanded that I do life differently, that I approach work differently, that I do something with my life and the opportunity that my misfortune had afforded me. I remember my friends standing around my bed saying, what do you think that God is requiring of you at this time? What do you think he's saying? What do you think you need to be doing? Well, through the haze of Tylenol, I I couldn't really think straight at the time, but then a friend spoke to me and said, what about that book you started a year ago? Hmm. That was the catalyst. It was an abrupt and unwelcome change, but it birthed great fruit. And that goes back to the company you keep. What if she had never said those words to me? What if I hadn't had friends that had insight, that were willing to champion me to do something different with my life and take advantage of the misfortune? I want to ask you, how are you thinking about your situation? That paralyzed man justified his paralysis. He had an excuse for why he didn't stand up. What excuses do you make for not trying to pursue that dream that you've always wanted to do? You know, the voices that surround you can shut you down, even if they mean well. They'll hand you ammunition for your excuses and exchange your faith for fear and doubt. It's all a matter of mindset. The mindset that generates from language and wrong confessions. The things that repeat themselves over and over again in your subconscious can war against your conscious mind and win the battle if you let it. It's said that our subconscious mind controls 95% of our lives. Can you imagine? So the things that you don't even know you're thinking have a massive effect on what you say and what you do. The subconscious mind does more than dream. It is also always awake because it controls all the vital processes and functions of the body. So while the conscious mind sleeps, the subconscious mind is still fully awake, hearing and processing things while you sleep. The subconscious mind operates on habit and takes everything literally. So this is where the shift has to happen. You've got to speak to your subconscious mind and decide what you're going to think about. Write it down, journal, rehearse it until it moves from the conscious to the subconscious. The subconscious can only focus on the present moment. The subconscious mind is like a computer and it processes huge amounts of information through your senses and translates it back to you in a flash. Hmm. The subconscious mind does not analyze. It focuses on emotions versus logic and reason. Therefore, your emotions cannot be trusted. And that's what I wanted to tell you. Don't live in your feelings. Live in your decisions. It's significant that the paralytic by the pool of Bethesda was told to not only get up, but to take up his mat and walk to follow through with the shift of mindset and get rid of everything that accommodated his former state. 
Have you ever rolled out of bed and been tempted to roll back in? Mm-hmm. Excuses are like that. They become comfortable. Even our suffering becomes comfortable to us. In many cases, the situation we hate becomes normal to us to the point where we find ourselves longing for the things we hate simply because it's familiar and feels safer than the unknown, like those Israelites wandering towards the promised land. They started reminiscing about leeks and onions, which they hated. Are you like that? It's time to get a new mindset and leave the past behind. Start to examine your options and get excited about them. What's the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? What is in your hand? That was something that God asked Moses, and it was powerful. Just a stick, he said. God said, cast it down. And it became a snake that swallowed up the snakes of the Pharaoh's magicians. What you have in your hand is powerful. But you've got to have the courage to use it. So when shift happens, it's a critical time to examine your circle, your influences, and the things that you randomly confess about your situation. It's time to take an aggressive stand against negativity and limiting beliefs. That's imperative. You might have to set new boundaries. So let me ask you, who's in your circle? What are they saying about your situation? What excuses are you making for a lack of action. What are you afraid to release? The challenge is on. Get up. Get up. Say yes to your next. Yes, it's frightening. But let's flip the script and say, no, it's not frightening. It's exciting. Shift happens. Hey, if you enjoyed our discussion today, don't just keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend, like, and subscribe. Consider donating to MMH Ministries. More details in the caption. We'd love your feedback, or perhaps you have a question. Email us at askme at michellehammond.com or DM me on any of my social media platforms. And we'll talk soon.